Welcome to Never Just a Dog podcast. I'm your host, John Littlefair. And in this episode, I welcome back clinical psychologist Talia Carter. Talia shares her journey of love and loss with her pets this year. nice to be back. It's great to have you back. And having a beer. Having a beer. Cheers. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> How have you been? Busy. Busy. I'm busy. Looking forward to a break. Although I don't really get a break, but just to have some time, I guess, away from clinical work would be nice because I need to do some writing. Some writing for your PhD. Yes. Yeah, so I need to have two chapters submitted by January, draft, in their draft. And I'm probably not even halfway through one. Okay. So. <laughs> Fun times ahead. But so, no, I, so I just need that time away from clinical work to be in that sort of academic headspace. I find the switching difficult. You're you're so busy. How do you get time to do the simple things in life like clean your house? Because <laughs> I find distractions like doing podcasting. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> I find many things to procrastinate from doing that. But no, that is my job after today, especially because Christmas is at our house this year, so it has to be clean. Okay. So And things are just, yeah, so all the stuff in the practice is there and it's just looking, no, it's not messy. It's just, it's not dirty. It's just untidy. And in the back of my head, it's bugging me. And it's one of those things that I won't be able to settle until it's done. How's your year been? My year has been pretty hectic. So in the middle of moving the practice, there's been a lot of animal loss in my family recently. Yeah, specifically, you know, even over the last three, three months. So my, um, my mum lost uh, one dog who was 12. She was a little chihuahua. That was quite traumatic. So she must have had organ failure and Mum was home alone and dad was away. But then so I get this call and she's like, you need to come over. Molly's died. And mum's not always good with, you know, dealing with that side of uh, companion animal ownership. So I went over there and, you know, took her to the vet and it was, yeah, mum really took that hard. And then probably, you know, a month ago, she lost two more. So she was looking after um, my 22-year-old rescue cat and she had a, you know, another 14-year-old Maltese and they were put down on the same day. Oh, on the same day. Um, How's your mum going? Yeah, so she's she's good now. But at the time, so she, like, arranged the vet to come out on a day that we were working. So, you know, she doesn't like to be there for, you know, for end of life sort of things. So my poor dad, um, my dad had to be there and then I spoke to him afterwards and, you know, he was he was an absolute mess. And, and then the house was so quiet after they were all gone because, you know, they were all ageing animals but, they took up so much of her time and attention and 
then she didn't really know what to do with herself. So, you know, they're, I mean, they're in this, this big house and it was just mum and dad and dad took being there, you know, for the end of, you know, the last two, quite difficult. And he's a son of a vet, so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was, it was tough. And, you know, there was a period of time and she, you know, she was really sad. So she was looking to rescue, rescue a, you know, a dog. uh, And she wanted a puppy just because um, she wanted to be able to bring it to the practice and sort of ensure that it kind of got along with Remy and Sassy. Because your mum's is one of your offsiders, isn't she, with your practice? Yeah, she manages my life. <laughs> Good mum. Good mum. So she is our practice manager. And, you know, she's just like, I think it, I couldn't bear leaving a dog at home now. So anyway, she ended up, she was looking for rescues, couldn't find one, and but came across these two chihuahua puppies. And, you know, it sort of all just happened quite quickly. And I always, you know, it just makes me think that, you know, animals choose us. And it was meant to be and it was easy and they're, you know, they're pure white and they're tiny and they are just the cutest little things. And it has brought so much joy to her life, which has been, you know, really nice to see. And, you know, the other dog get along with them as well. And not so much of an empty house now. No, and they definitely don't have an empty house. And mum's got plenty of, plenty to do because they're into everything. So that's <laughs> they're amazing. always eating, yeah. they're always trying to chew something and eat things. And um, so she's calling them her Christmas miracles. What's their names? Uh, Gus and Ziggy. Gus and Ziggy. Were they named before or that was your mum's names she gave? No. So we, so when she picked them up on, I think it was a Wednesday night and brought them to work on the Thursday, uh, we were polling. We were like, what do we, I was like, do you have, have you named them? And she's like, no, I don't know what to call them. So they were nameless for a little while. So we took votes from clients and like I asked Christian and, you know, the other psych who works for me, Kate, uh, Kate wanted Chip and Dale. <laughs> Chip and Dale. <laughs> and Christian wanted Bert and Ernie. <laughs> Bit of Sesame Street action yeah. going in there. Yeah, but so, I really like Gus. So um, Gus is a cool name. Yeah, I, I thought Gus was a cool name. That someone was like, it doesn't suit this tiny little chihuahua. I'm like, yeah, but he's, it's, a, it's cool. Have you ever heard of a dog called John anywhere? No. No. I've heard a few Steves. Have you? Steve. Which, which I think is hilarious. Steve. So people I... down the park going, Steve, Steve. <laughs> were they calling for the dog or were they calling for the like their partner or no, brother or son? dog. The dog's called Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but interesting. I've never, never known a dog to be called John. Oh, that's good for your mum, and she's she's going okay now, even though she yeah she's she's going okay. Um, you know, obviously it was it was time for both. It was time for both of them. It was interesting the sort of grief reaction that I had to that, uh, mainly because some people might think that my view on end of life is morbid or strange or weird, but. I really like to be there for the end. Um, I think it's an important part of, you know, owning an animal because you love them and you care for them. And I feel like that was, that was denied. I was denied that because mum put it on a day that I was working. So I couldn't, so I couldn't be there. When my cat died this, this time last year of a blood clot, 
um, you know, I was out at the Christmas party and I watched it on Zoom, which again, people think is quite morbid, but for me, it's, it's closure. I, that was my way of being there with him. And now when I think about the loss of Olive, who was the cat, and Ellie, the dog, who, you know, like I obviously grew up with because of her age, I, f- I feel like there's a gap there. There's almost like a blank space. Like I know their life, except for Olive because she spent years on the street. But at the end, there's this space that I I don't know and that makes me feel sad. While I can imagine what happened and imagine how it went, there is, yeah, just that, just that thought that I wasn't, I wasn't there. And I think we, you know, we celebrate birth. Why can't we, you know, and there's a lot of emphasis and sort of talk about, you know, the start of life, yet uh, talking about the end of life, whether it be human or animal, maybe, is still taboo. People feel uncomfortable. So I do think it's, you know, it's an important conversation to start because, you know, it's people are scared of death and rightly so. We don't know what's going to happen. But I think when it comes to our animals, we have the, you know, we have the ability and the privilege is probably the wrong word. But when they're suffering or before they get to the point that they're suffering to let them go peacefully and, you know, that's where me and my mum would clash a little bit because she would often, you know, like Ellie, the who was the dog, her, her time was up. She wasn't well, and but we keep them alive for us. Whereas, you know, Olive, Olive was still kind of functioning, but she was a really old cat and, you know, we knew her mouth needed work. She couldn't go under general anaesthetic uh, just because of her age. So, you know, it was, you know, I'm glad she went when she did because she went before she really suffered. And I think, you know, it's a really difficult call for owners to make, but an important one. And you've got to think about, you know, what's what's right for everyone, obviously. I agree. But there was also, we had another loss. Another loss. Christian's dog. Oh, serious. Yeah. So his, and she was old too. So she was a English bulldog in the UK. She was 12 years old. Oh, what was her name? Roxy. Roxy. So he was, that was his first dog and he had a really beautiful relationship with her. Like he took her everywhere and, you know, he still talks about her and, you know, we've got a picture of her up in, you know, in our house uh, right next to the TV so you can always, you know, see her face, this sort of like multicoloured, it's a really great piece of art actually. But when he moved out here, he had to leave Roxy with, his brother, who took, you know, great care of her and but he still experienced some, you know, guilt around feeling like he abandoned her and then he always said to me, he's like, whenever she, you know, when it's her time, I'm going to go back so I can spend, you know, her last day with her and it happened so quickly and obviously due to COVID, uh, that wasn't able to happen. How's he going now? Yeah, I think he's okay. He... So he got the message from his brother in the morning and then they were, you know, they kind of spoke about it. But what I think it did do is almost facilitate more contact between the brothers. Okay. Which has been really nice. And, you know, they're talking a lot more just about everything in 
everything in general. And, you know, they used to talk every few months, if you like, and now they're kind of talking once a week and, you know, they're, you know, being in contact. And so her death in some ways I think brought them together and it was it was her time too. So it's just, you know, while it's been sad, it's also, from my point of view, just that sadness is worth the joy and love that we got when they were alive and we were together. And life is beautiful. It's hard and it's challenging and it's full of emotion and it's, it's lovely. So I guess this is our end of year special. It is. It's been a really great year doing podcasting with you. I've really enjoyed it and it's been, you know, heaps of fun and, uh, you know, a, a new sort of experience for me too. So thank you for, you know, bringing me on board. It's nice to be a part of the journey. It's been awesome having you in these episodes. And... My pleasure. Can I go clean my house now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks.